Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, December 18th. In today's news, President Trump says he will not fire Bob Mueller. The IRS is struggling to oversee political activity by nonprofits. And the list of major names accused of sexual harassment continues to grow. But first, the big idea. Donald Trump risks losing what's left of his populist street cred with the tax bill. The narrative of the president's first year in office will shift this week when he signs into law the biggest overhaul of the tax code in three decades. It's a big political win for Trump, who would have looked ineffective if he couldn't get this done. But it may turn out to be a Pyrrhic victory. There are lots of potential ways the legislation could backfire politically. First, the bill doesn't simplify the tax code. At least initially, it will be more confusing and complex to file your taxes. Second, insurance rates are likely to skyrocket for many because of the repeal of the individual mandate. By getting rid of the linchpin of the Affordable Care Act, Republicans are giving up any standing they had to blame Barack Obama for the health care mess. Lastly, the national debt is poised to explode, and there's no realistic scenario in which these tax cuts generate enough economic growth to pay for themselves. But what voters are responding to most are concerns that this legislation is a $1.5 trillion giveaway to big business and the richest 1%. Several surveys now show that the bill is significantly more unpopular than Obamacare was when it passed in 2010. And when you look at the crosstabs, you see that the reason why is that people don't think it benefits them. A host of stories came out this weekend to burnish that fear and to show the degree to which the bill benefits the rich more than the middle class. It turns out, for example, that a complicated provision got added late in the process that will provide a multi-million dollar windfall to real estate investors, including Trump. Trump has promised repeatedly and throughout the campaign that he would get rid of the carried interest loophole, but it's not gone, just tweaked a little. There are a lot of other examples like this that make people feel the bill benefits the rich and not them. This president campaigned like a populist, and he's governed like a plutocrat, and the tax bill is Exhibit A. One of the most potent lines of attack against Trump in 2020 will be that he's not on your side. In dozens of casual conversations I've had this year with white working-class voters around the industrial Midwest who voted for the president in 2016, it's become clear that their deepest fear seems to be that Trump is taking them for a ride, like he did with the contractors he stiffed in Atlantic City or students at Trump University who sued him for deceptive marketing tactics. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, President Trump was asked Sunday as he came back from Camp David whether he intended to fire special counsel Bob Mueller. He told journalists at the White House, quote, no, I am not. And he insisted that there was, quote, no collusion whatsoever between his campaign and Russia. The president is seeking to tamp down speculation as his allies intensify a campaign to discredit the special counsel's ongoing investigation. Rather than firing Mueller, Trump appears to be contemplating changes to Justice Department leadership. What we're hearing is that, according to two advisors, Trump has called the attorney general weak, and he's complained especially that Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein has not shown sufficient accountability. Trump also embraced the claims of his campaign lawyer, Corey Langhofer, who accused Mueller's team of improperly obtaining a trove of transition emails from the General Services Administration. The special counsel's office rejected the allegations, and legal experts call the Trump attorney's claims of privilege silly. In fact, these legal experts say it makes the lawyers look downright desperate. Looking ahead, Trump's personal lawyers are slated to meet with Mueller's team for a 
routine status conference this week, and they're expected to ask the special counsel if there are any outstanding questions or materials that investigators need before concluding the probe. Number two, the IRS's ability to oversee political activity by charities and other nonprofits has been neutered by staff and budget cuts amid conservative attacks on the agency. The decline in oversight comes at a time when the number of charities is reaching a historic high and they're becoming more partisan and financially complex. That's according to a new report by The Washington Post's Bob O'Hara. The main part of government tasked with policing political activity among charity has seen its budget cut by about $20 million as staff has dramatically declined from largely attrition. The division now lacks expertise, resources, and perhaps most importantly, the will needed to effectively oversee more than 1.2 million registered charities and tens of thousands of other so-called social welfare groups. Number three, the list of major figures brought down by sexual harassment allegations continues to grow. The latest addition to the roster is Carolina Panthers owner Jerry Richardson. He announced Sunday night that he will sell the team at the end of the season amid an NFL investigation of workplace misconduct. That's after a report emerged that multiple former team employees received financial settlements over inappropriate comments and behavior by Richardson in the workplace. In case you missed it, freshman Representative Ruben Kewen announced Saturday that he won't seek re-election. He's a Democrat from Nevada. He faces multiple allegations of sexual harassment. He had resisted for weeks but caved as more accusers came forward. And Daylin Leach, a Democratic state senator from Pennsylvania who had been a frontrunner in an open special election for Congress, was accused of inappropriately touching young female staffers and volunteers. Amid the growing wave of scandal, Capitol Hill is gripped in paranoia. Both members and staff are wondering, who's next? And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, December 18th. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Hellman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.